Hey everyone, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning and I am so excited that you've joined me for another episode of the podcast. Before we move forward and I introduce to you my friend who I am speaking with on the show today, I want to ask you, how are you feeling? Not only would I love to know so I can encourage you, but I feel like these are important questions that we need to be asking ourselves and reflecting so we don't just skirt by our emotions, but truly bring them to the foot of the cross, sit with them. I've been listening to so many songs recently about running away and how that feels to run away from pain and my deepest sadness, but also what does that look like when we stay? And so I wanted to present that to you because I feel like it's so easy to run and numb and it's harder to stay and grow. So how are you? How are you feeling? With that being said, I am so excited to introduce to you my friend Lexi Rendon. So Lexi is a college student at Texas Tech University where she studies journalism, makes straight A's, and also is the speaker for her sorority, Delta Gamma. She loves to hang out with her friends, watch movies with her family, and cycle on her Peloton bike. Who wouldn't love to cycle on a Peloton bike? Sign me up. She also has a faithful furry friend who is so cute. Her name is Miss Fancy May, her guide dog. Lexi survived a very scary season of her life. At just six weeks old, she was diagnosed with bilateral retinoblastoma, a rare form of pediatric cancer. For four years and still at such a young age, Lexi and her family visited doctors in Dallas all the way to Philadelphia to seek chemotherapy treatments, among other surgeries. Lexi was such a fighter. I first learned about Lexi's story of overcoming eye cancer in her conversation with one of my dear friends, Katie Balmer, on her podcast, Truth For Your 20s. You guys also might remember Katie from being a guest on the show in season two. Immediately, I was drawn to Lexi's brimming confidence and her love for inspiring stories. Clearly, she has one too, so I wanted to bring her on still with you you and share more. Though Lexi is walking through a journey of being visually impaired, her outlook is beyond positive. I hope you so enjoy this chat with my beautiful and brave friend, Lexi Rendon. Are you a junior at Texas Tech? Yes, I'm a junior and I'm a journalism major. Why did you decide to attend Texas Tech? Are you originally from Texas? I am. So I'm from a little bit outside of Dallas. Coming here is about like a six hour drive. And honestly, this was not the school that I wanted to go to first off. I was very much set on going to Texas A&M. And my old major that I started off college with was not offered at um, A&M. And so at the time, that's what I was going to do. I looked at Texas Tech. We had a family friend who played football here, Graham Harold, um, in like 06, 07. And so we had known Texas Tech because of him, but there was no real like family connection. My parents didn't go here. They went to North Texas a couple hours away, but I went and toured here and I loved it. I was supposed to tour Texas State the next weekend. And I told them, I was like, I don't want to tour there anymore. I like it here. I'm just going to come here. And so that's what I decided. And here I am. I was watching a video that Texas Tech had actually featured you and shared a little bit of your story. At that point, it shared that you were a medical major interested in in the medical field. Is that correct? With my background of, you know, having cancer as a baby, I was around the medical world a lot. And so what I wanted to do at the time was be a child life specialist and to not get off on too much of a tangent, but to kind of explain that is where you work in children's hospitals and you explain to children at their developmental level what's going on with them. And you like kind of explain 
brain in terms of like medical play that's going on with them and you help them to understand things and you organize birthday parties and like celebrity events, a lot of fun things, but it's also like a counselor. So you're very, very close to the grief and the hard parts that come with that. A lot of things don't bother me too much, but cancer is something that I am very, very bothered. Like it's just, it's too close to home for me. And so I realized that I could not emotionally be in that spot for the rest of my life because you have to be able to turn it off. And that is one thing that I can't turn off emotionally. And so I just, I had to not do that anymore, but it's okay. I'm happy where I am now. Do you want to share a little bit of why you can't turn that off? And honestly, I'm, I think it's amazing that you even, you know yourself well enough to know what your skill set is. So when Whenever I was six weeks old, my mom and dad just kind of noticed that my eyes looked a little hazy and fuzzy and they, I think I just wouldn't make eye contact with them. Just things weren't looking right. Over the course of a weekend of several different doctors in Dallas at the time, it just kind of went up the ladder of, you know, the different specialties. And eventually they had told them that I was diagnosed with what's called bilateral retinoblastoma. That is pediatric eye cancer. Typically kids that get diagnosed with that are either born with it or they're up to age five. After that, it's pretty rare to have a diagnosis and the cancer is rare in general. Well, number one, I mean, besides it being rare in general, number one is that I had it in both eyes. So that's why it's called bilateral. And then also there's a genetic component, but neither one of my parents were carriers of the gene. So it was like a complete fluke that I had that because there's no trace of that medically in my family. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of insane because, you know, they had never heard of it. They never knew anything about it until I was diagnosed. And then they told us that the best form of treatment for me, they gave them a list of cities to go to. And my mom and dad asked the doctor in Dallas, they were like, if this is your baby, where would you go? And we were referred to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and an eye hospital in Philadelphia. And so a team of husband and wife doctors, Carol and Jerry Shields uh, took care of me. I had my left eye removed as soon as we flew up there for the first time. The day after that, I started chemo. And then that started six months of chemo. And then after that, I had... And you're still just an infant at this point. Yeah, I was six weeks old. That was whenever everything started. And then the next six months were chemo. And then after that, I had little procedures every month for three years. And that basically heated and freeze froze the tumors in my other eye. So that is essentially what kept the vision that I still have, but I still have lost vision in my right eye. My left eye is prosthetic now. In my right eye, I still have scar tissue there. So it's not necessarily like the tumors, but it's more of just the scar tissue that was left. Through the course of all that, I lost vision, but I have, we've still kept some, which is really nice too. So I can kind of paint a picture of maybe what your day-to-day life is. Could you share that just a little bit? Yeah, um, that's always like an interesting question to try to kind of explain to the people the best of my ability, like what I see and don't see. So whenever I was little, obviously a toddler can't explain to you what they can and can't see. So I was taught Braille. And so I've been fluent in Braille since I was about four, five, six. That's not how I do schoolwork, but it was always just something good to know. Obviously, I've grown and been able to explain what I can and can't see. Something else is like handwriting. I can handwrite things and I have good handwriting, but I can't always read my handwriting back because I know how small it has to be to fit on like a line or something. But because it's that small, sometimes I can't always read it. And my handwriting is kind of curvy, so not necessarily cursive, but it's kind of has my own, you know, flair to it. But sometimes I can't read it just because it's too loopy and too small for me to even see. And as far as just like being around people, if I see you a lot of the time, or even if it sounds dumb, like even if I see your Instagram pictures a lot, I might know what you look like, or I do know what you look like, especially if like, you know, it's good family or friends. I pick up on voices really well. 
But it's kind of weird if I'm getting to know someone and I haven't been around them a lot to pick up their either like a major feature about them that I can pick out to like find them. Yeah. Or if I haven't seen their voice, if you don't come up to me within those like several times of us meeting, I may not recognize that it's you because I haven't like figured out not like how to identify you yet, but I haven't really noticed that yet. Sometimes if people walk by me, they'll be like, oh yeah, I saw you today. But if you don't come say hi to me and there's a lot of people around I probably won't realize that you're there. You know, I always feel bad because I don't Mm -hmm. ever want to like look rude, but people that know me know. And if not, then you clearly don't know me well enough to know like she literally cannot see you right now. As far as Fancy goes, so I have a seeing eye dog. Um, Her name is Fancy. Is that from Reba (laughs) McIntyre? People ask me that all the time. So no, she actually came named. Okay. She was a year and a half whenever I got her. There is a process that I could have gone to to train her to have a different name, but I thought it was really cute. So I kept it. So Fancy is, she works with me. She goes everywhere I go. And I had a dog previous to her um, named honey and honey just kind of decided that she was done working she just kind of quit i saw a picture of honey she's like this adorable blonde lab and what do you mean that she was done working i got her the summer between my junior and senior year of high school to kind of go into the backstory of like how that process happens is you apply for school so i applied for two different schools and i chose the seeing eye which is in morristown new jersey 30 minutes outside of new york city in jersey you do an online application and they send someone out to your house to make sure that everything looks right they interview you in person and then they do what's called juno walk and they bring a harness with no dog and you walk and they kind to figure out how you walk and how fast you move, your lifestyle, and how you want your dog to pull because every dog has a different type of pull depending on their type and their personality. So that was in March. Obviously, I was accepted. And then I went to get Honey in June of that year. Like I said, she worked for me for like a year and a half. She did everything with me in high school and college. It it was the end of October. And I'll never forget this. One day, it was cold and rainy. And I walked outside and she just didn't want to go. Like She just sat down and she didn't want to move. You know, we're trained to get them past these little like grumpy moods or whatever that they're in. Or, you know, we know how to handle things like this as a handler, but there was nothing that I could do to get her to go. And I thought, okay, like it's really cold out here. The wind was blowing like crazy. It was raining. I was like, okay, this makes sense. She's just having a day. It'll be fine. Well, that progressed into her not wanting to leave. And that was just basically how it was. She would just kind of sit down or be unresponsive to anything that I would try. The trainer and I worked with her remotely for like a couple weeks. He would call me and we would try to talk through things and he ended up flying out there to see me and we just decided that she just didn't want to work anymore she just she was fine medically wow and it's really rare that like hardly ever happens I mean they do see it because the school's been open for 90 something years so of course they've seen it but it's very rare and she everything's fine she's checked out medically there's no reason sometimes if a dog gets a fear in them like let's say we were almost hit by a car traumatic experiences like that can trigger a dog not to want to work but sometimes things that happen that mm-hmm. they just it makes no sense and they said you're going to make yourself crazy if you try to figure out why why did she stop wanting to work she seemed extremely happy with her job up until the day that she wasn't it was a grieving process for me honestly I'm gonna ask you if that was hard for you because she would live in your dorm and be everywhere with you right it was really hard typically these dogs depending on their ability and you know their health they they work well they're gonna work for eight, nine, 10 years, you know, I was expecting her to be with me through all of that life. And I just knew like she was going to experience so many things with me. It was really, really hard. And I had to keep telling myself like, she's not dying. She's not sick. She's not in any pain. You're just going to have her in your life in a different way than you thought you would. Do you still get to see her? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So that year I went home for Christmas break and I knew that whenever I went home for that break, that she wouldn't be coming back. So she lives with my parents now. Oh good. She's still in your life. She's still, yeah, she's still at home. When I see people in public who have a seeing eye dog, therapy dog, Mm -hmm. I always have all these questions, honestly. So the fact that you were talking about how you work with a handler and I knew that there's always backstories to it. I'm really grateful for you answering all these questions because I have to be honest, I mean, it does pique my curiosity. I mean, that's so understandable and people just don't know. And I never mind answering these questions. It's always so fun to me to get to educate because this is so normal in my life that, you know, I know that not everybody, you know, lives this life and knows these things. So no, it's always fun to get to answer. Thank Thank you. <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah. So Honeyland was with my family at home. She lives with my parents and I have two little brothers. And then around the time that I left for school, my first year of college, you know, they were really sad because I left and Honey also left. And so they didn't have a dog anymore. My childhood dog had passed away a couple of years before that. And so they had just had Honey. And so they ended up getting a golden doodle named Max. Max has a lot of anxiety. And so it was actually really good that Honey, not good that Honey came home, but Honey is like his little security blanket. Like he doesn't go anywhere without oh, wow. Honey. And <laughs> <laughs> she she's like a little old lady. Like I tell people, I swear she's like born old because she's just so like dainty and sweet and just wants to like sit and watch. You know, she'll look at Max if he's like, you know, doing something crazy or whatever. But so it's kind of good that they got him and then she kind of came in and then like they were just automatically like the best of friends. That's good. The three of them, whenever Fancy's home, you know, they all play and everything. But yeah, no, so I still get to see her. I'm really lucky that obviously my family was able to keep her. There was no reason why they could have kept her. But, you know, I'm still thankful to see her. When you're home with Fancy, you said said that she was playing with the other dogs. Does she get a chance to like not have to work? Does she always have to be on or how how does that look? And not to make this all about the dog. Right, yeah, no, I have no problem with that. The the way that they're trained is that they understand that when Fancy's harness goes on, she understands that she's working. Okay. It doesn't mean that she's going to be perfect and, you know, do every single thing right, never make a mistake. But she understands like her demeanor will change. She's going somewhere and she's going to work and we have to behave more and do her job. But whenever I'm home with her, she's off and she just like runs around and she's very much a normal dog, plays with the dogs at home. My roommate actually raises a dog for Canine Companions for Independence. So a completely different organization, but she has a puppy in training that lives with us. So she plays with him. I have friends that live around my apartment and, you know, they play. So yeah, she has plenty of time to be off. Of course, I would never just like let her be off, you know, in a public setting where there's no reason for her to be off. Right. If we're just like hanging out, then, you know, of course she can play and there's a time and a place for everything. And, you know, she deserves a break too. So much as she does work, she very much is just like any other dog. Unless you are directly connected to a friend who has a similar situation, you know, those are the things that you don't see. I love that she, like a human, gets to take time off and just be be a little pup. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I think that, you know, she enjoys her time off and, you know, she has so many toys and she loves to play and everything. But um, she also gets mad at me. Like if we don't leave the house for a long time or if, you know, I'm just home on a weekend, she just gets really antsy and she gets like bored and she'll just like look at me like and I know what she's saying that are you kidding me we haven't left the house today it's funny to me because I have her who's so ready to go all of the time you know I forget that pets like stay at home and this is normal for them for her I'm like oh gosh I feel bad it's you know one o'clock we haven't left the house yet today she just gets upset because she always just wants to be doing something and not that she starts acting bad but she just gets a little antsy and she keeps looking at me like when are we gonna do something <laughs> come on now do you feel like in this season of your life that you're very busy with your schedule I know that you 
you're involved with Greek life, Delta Gamma, which you're going to have to forgive me as we talk. I do not have a sorority background. And so everything that I've learned about sororities is through Katie Ballmer. <laughs> so, but tell me a little bit about that. What are some things that you're doing in school that you're excited about? Yeah, I'm very busy. And to go back to Fancy for a second, she matches my energy level so well. The more that I think about Honey, and like, of course, I would have loved for her to work. She just has so much more of a calm personality that like, I honestly don't know, could have kept up with my lifestyle right now because I'm so busy all of the time. Uh Uh-huh. This semester is really busy for me. I'm in 12 hours of classes. They're really getting into my journalism heavy base classes. And so I'm excited this semester because I don't have finals that makes up in projects, papers, presentations, tests, things like that throughout the semester, which I love doing, but it's kind of a lot. I am our vice president of foundation for Delta Gamma. And the cool thing about that, little bit background about DG. Our foundation is Service for Sight. So we help those who are blind or visually impaired in several ways. I am our vice president over all of that. So we have a signature event every year called Anchor Splash. And because I'm vice president and foundation, I'm pretty much the one that plans everything. And yes, I have directors that are under me and have help, but I'm the one who is making sure that everything gets done and you know does all of the maybe not so fun paperwork all the time, but I do that. And that's coming up in May. So those are my main things right now. Other than that, I have an internship that I'm trying to apply for the summer. I know I talked a little bit about this with Katie, but my huge goal would be to start doing more speaking. Definitely when I have a book out at some point in my life. I could so see that for you so easily. I heard that you were working on a blog. How's that coming? It's going good. The beginning of the semester has been so crazy. I honestly have not had as much time to devote to it as I've wanted to, but I did get some major school projects out of the way this week. And so now I am specifically planning time to work on that because it was never something that I wanted to say, okay, well, maybe someday or maybe when I'm not busy, because there's never going to be a point in my life whenever I'm quote, not busy, because eventually I would like to make my busy be my blog and my speaking and that be my work. Yeah. Eventually, that's really what my goal would be. I was just trying to get the major fires kind of put out for what's immediately in front of me and then get to that. But I have been working on it and I still am. So I'm super excited about that. You have to keep me posted. Yeah. I think it is so evident and people are already hearing this as they're listening that you are spot on in communicating. Like, I know it sounds crazy to say, but you kind of have like the it voice. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch news anchors and people who are on front lines of bringing the news because of the podcast and kind of just how I've always grown up, you know, loving news. And I did was on news team in college and have a little bit of background with that. And so I always feel like I have a different lens that I've view things through. And I feel like you have it. You're talking about how you want to use your platform. Why do you want to do that? Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I feel like I'm the same way as you. I've always kind of had that different insight into this type of thing. But as far as why, I've always liked to public speak. I've always liked to go new places and meet new people. I've never been afraid to do that type of thing. I had some opportunities whenever I was a lot younger to speak in different ways, very small settings. And I just really, really liked it. I'm very much into the self-help podcast and motivation and all of that type of thing. You know, I know that it's not the normal beaten path for everybody and it's okay. That's, you know, what I want to do. I mean, I love reading people's books and biographies and just getting inspired and putting out content into the world. And I just think it is so fun. And of course, I'm, you know, not shy and Mm -hmm. 
I know that there's a lot of work involved. You know, it's not just you snap your fingers and tomorrow you're having all these speaking engagements and doing a book tour. Like, you know, I'm very not naive to the work that comes into it and the grit that comes behind, you know, kind of self-promoting, but that's okay with me. And I, I was watching a Rachel Hollis video the other day and she had said, imagine where you could be 10 years from now if you just started. Like if you just started going, where would you be 10 years from now? And I thought about that and I was like, well, I would be 31, almost 32. There's no telling where I could be by then if, you know, I just kept going and telling myself, you will get there and everything will work out the way it's supposed to. And sometimes, you know, there are days where it is scary to think about. Other days I'm like, you know what? Like I would not have this desire on my heart. God would not be putting me in this position to want to do this so bad. And I've always wanted to do this if it wasn't supposed to work out. And I just think God wants people who are willing. I think that God wants to use the people who don't have all of the resources and even their stuff together, but they have that willing heart that's just like, use me in whatever way possible. You have that. You were just telling me about how like you're you're ready to like jump in and you believe in like the big plans that he has for your life. I think we need more of that. We need more people who are willing to say yes and to have that grit and that confidence that he gives us. Right. Hey friends, I'm interrupting my conversation with Lexi to talk about one of my favorite things besides cold brew coffee, candles. I love filling my home and office space with fragrances that inspire me. I've tried so many scents and styles, but I keep coming back to Gold and Ivy Company. Gold and Ivy candles are all hand-poured in Nashville, Tennessee, made with 100% American-grown soy wax for a clean and eco-friendly burn. Their candles are always vegan, cruelty-free, fulfate-free, petroleum-free, so you never have to sacrifice your health for your home fragrance. Plus, they are packaged in the cutest amber-colored jars that will look perfect in any part of your home and office space. Golden Ivy just released their spring collection sharing an array of irresistible new scents from Indigo to Santorini. Guys, I am madly in love with this latest collection and my friends at Golden Ivy want you to share in the same experience. They are offering 20% off your entire purchase when you use the code STILL with you at checkout. Again, this is 20% off your entire purchase when you visit goldenivy.com and use the code STILL with you. Currently burning in the podcast studio space, aka my office, is Santorini. This candle has hints of fig, moss, and jasmine. It smells very warm, but also has a kick of flora, hence the jasmine. Perfect for what I need on this Tuesday morning. I have my cup of coffee and I have my golden ivy candle. Why settle for less when you can live in a world lit by candles and snuggle under blankets? I love what golden ivy says. Let's get cozy. Get your own golden ivy candle today. Don't forget to use the code still with you for 20% off at checkout. Goldenivy.com. It can be scary and there are things that are unknown about my journey. You know, it's like, okay, well, once I graduate college, will I have to work a typical job while I'm doing this to get things going? Like there's no telling where the work will come in between now. Not that there is a finish line of success, but you know, that there is a, okay, this become could become a tangible, actual, I am making money off of this type of thing. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's either people live their lives in the what ifs and, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. Or you just say, hey, I've, I've wanted this for so long and I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what the next 10, 15, 20 years of my life is going to look like, but I'm excited and I'm ready. Yeah. You know, I look at other people in those positions that kind of 
do what I want to do in some ways that I'm like, okay, like it worked out for them. My journey is not going to look like everyone's and we all have different stories, but that is completely fine. If people ask me in passing, oh yeah, what do you want to do with your major after you graduate? Sometimes I always don't say this because it's like such a long explanation. So I typically say, you know, I'm not sure yet just because that takes a little bit longer to explain, but you know, I, I know, I know where I'm going. I feel like I do the same thing when people say like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a substitute teacher, but I have a side thing that I like to... And I'm like, why is that? Why is it that I don't just say, I host a podcast and I love to write? Why don't I do that? I think it comes back to, I'm so scared that when people see that, they will for some reason think that I think that I'm something special. I don't. I I mean, it's all God. I couldn't Mm -hmm. do any of this or he gave me this passion. I didn't wake up one day and just say, hey, like I want to start a podcast. It was slow steps working on like a news team and kind of figuring out like, okay, like I kind of like this. This is kind of fun. I'm a social connector. You know, do you feel the same way? Oh yeah, 100%. Like when you put it in that perspective, I agree. It's it's kind of like, I don't want to say my dream job would be to write a book and be a professional speaker and do all of those things. Because like you said, I don't want to come off as, well, who is she? Like, who does she think she is? Right. And even if, you know, they don't know the story that I have that could be shared for good, it's just still that a lot of the times social media, people just want to be something with no context or they just have a lot of followers. And so there's good things that people see out of that or, you know, brand deals or whatever. But I think it makes it harder whenever there's people like us who have these desires and have these things to say and that are so good. But then we're like, oh, we don't want to like come off as something that we're not. But really, it's just we've had this desire put in our hearts by God. And sometimes it's better just to be like, you know what, this is what I'm doing. And and this is why I have the confidence because he gave it to me. And this is why I want to do this because he gave it to me. But at the same time, I definitely still have those days where I'm like, oh yeah, I don't really, I don't know yet. <laughs> but you know, we'll get there. Yeah. And he gave it to me, but it, it's all still his. Like <laughs> I'm not running this at all. Right, right. Do you ever get scared or think about in the future when you go to apply for a job or even just maybe some opportunities that you've had through your sorority? Do you ever feel like there is adversity or judgment because of what you've walked through that? Do you have you experienced that? Yeah, I have and it's very real. In the regular job market, you know, getting a job like a nine to five job or something, it is scary because if people have never met someone with the visual impairment, they have no idea of my range of my abilities. And even if I come in with a resume that says that I have done all of these things and I have these degrees and I've taken these classes. And you're a straight A student. I just want to point that out. You know, making straight A's is so hard in college. <laughs> so good for you. Keep on. Well, thank you. They have no basis to go off of of my abilities. They see fancy or something and they're not used to a guide dog. It's very hard and there are a lot of perceptions. You know, I grew up in a small town and so everybody knew me. And so I thankfully, you know, never experienced bullying. I never felt any different because everybody just knew me and it was normal to them. And I never felt like it was weird. It was completely fine. And then going to college, I realized there was a lot of people who had never met anyone like me. And it was just kind of interesting because they would 
say things to me and I would not like rude things, but I would just hear things. And I'm like, what the heck? Like I'm sitting in the same class as you are. We're doing all the same things. I'm actively participating in conversations in class. You know, I'm in a sorority. Like, why is that so hard to grasp the concept of? But again, I understand that it's different and not everybody's been around it. You know, it is kind of scary right now. I actually, I work at a church and I work in a nursery. I either work in the baby room or the pre-K room. I've applied for a few jobs before and I purposely don't tell them about my visual impairment until I'm sitting in front of them so I can better explain it. Because if I send an email to someone who has never met anyone like me and I explain to them to the best of my ability what I can and can't do or things I can and can't see and they have no reference, it's going to be a lot harder to convince them or make them understand that I am very capable of you know being in these classrooms and taking care of these babies. Thankfully, we met and she had no problems, no questions. There was not any reason for her to be skeptical. But again, I never disclose that information prior to meeting with someone because I don't want to give myself any reason to have a more of a disadvantage, even though realistically, if someone just has it in their head that I may not be able to do something, then it's still, you know, a mark against me. And of course, you know, I'm very realistic about it in the way that I'm not going to be the next great brain surgeon. Like that's just never going to happen. I don't go for things that I know that I physically cannot do, or even if I could, it would just put too much stress on me to try to visually see and have a lot of things on my back in that way. But things that I can do, you know, it's just praying that people will give me the time of day to understand Mm. the way that I do, do things that it might be different, but that doesn't mean that I can't do it the same or even better than the person next to me. I don't understand why people would do that. I'm I'm really sorry about that. How do you handle that disappointment when you get those reactions or like from classmates when they don't treat you like Lexi? It doesn't bother me as much as people think that it would or should. I mean, sometimes it does kind of bother me because I'm like, I literally just don't understand why you just can't like look past it or why does it take some people a lot longer to understand than others. But then again, I have so many amazing people in my life. They've known me since I was little bitty or they just met me last year. I have so many amazing people in my life who have never thought anything different about it. So it's because of my amazing family and because of my amazing friends that I know that there are people out there who will look past it. And that's what makes me excited to meet new people and not scared to think like, oh my goodness, well, what if they think this or what if they think that? Because I know that there are so many people out there who never would think anything different and that's okay. And as far as the people who think differently about it and they just have a negative view of it, well, then maybe I don't want to be friends with you either if you're judgmental and rude. That's right. Yeah. Of course, you know, there people, if, if they've never met me, there's a learning curve and they want to know things. And I'm always okay with, you know, them just being more comfortable with understanding and asking me questions. Of course, like there is a learning curve that comes with it. But whenever I'm talking about people that just are extremely judgmental of me or someone else with different abilities or different things like that, like it's maybe I don't want to be friends with you either if that's how you view the world and you just think so poorly of people. So it does kind of suck in some senses, but in other ways, I'm just like, there are so many other good people out there in the world. This one rude person or this one person who's going to think negatively does not define the entire country, the entire world, everybody that I'm ever going to meet in my entire life. So yeah, that's kind of what keeps it going. I totally agree. The pain that you will feel in that moment of just cutting those people out of your life, it will be more pain if you stick with them than if you just break it off. I think everyone can kind of relate to that because life's too short to have people who are not going to be there to uplift you and support you and cheer you on and champion you. 
Exactly. And I'm, I'm such a positive person anyways, it, that goes for anything. And so, you know, I tend to not keep people in my close circle that are very negative or are very rude or things like that, because that's just not how I live my life. And like you said, everybody yeah. has the right and should run with the circle of people who make you the most confident and happy with yourself versus people that either bring you down because of the way they're acting towards other people or just bring you down as a person. So everybody should know that they should have a reason to be loved and respected and cared for. The reflection of what they do is what they're feeling internally. I try to remember that when you come across someone who's being a bully to think that, man, if you're doing that to me, a person that you barely know, and my heart aches for what's going on inside. Yeah. I mean, I guess just a quick little story that just kind of like shocked me because I come from you know, going to school and like dancing and all these things. And like I said, I never felt yeah. any different. I People never made me feel different growing up. And it wasn't because people were being fake. It was literally just because I would just had so many different friends and people knew me so well. I never even thought it was like, a, well, what if these people are actually being mean? Like it was literally just, I knew that people genuinely were my friends and I never had to worry about it. It was the weekend that we're moving into college. One of my friends at the time, she was moving into her dorm and she heard these two girls talking down the hallway. And one of them had said something, oh yeah, did you see that girl with that yellow, service dog. And this was like way across campus, wasn't even in my own dorm. So it was kind of crazy that she walked past them. And this other girl was like, yeah, I saw her. And then the other girl said, well, do you think they let her in to college out of pity? Oh my gosh. Whoa. My friend turned around. She was like, I know her. And she got let in because, you know, like everybody else did. And they were just like, oh, and they kept walking. And so she told me about that. And I was like, whoa, like I had never experienced anything like that. Of course, my friend, she just kind of nipped it in the butt and kept going. And I wasn't offended by that. I was just like, that was just really rude. But I don't let things like that bother me. And this is not to say that that happens a ton. I mean, I don't live my life and constantly feeling like lesser or that people are really, really mean. But there are things. And I, I probably will never forget that story because I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's. That's insane to me, but people just don't know. And like you said, it's just, it's so much of a reflection of sometimes them and either them not being exposed to it to not understand Uh or them really just be going through something. So they might have mean things to say about somebody else because they have things going on themselves. So, you know, I just kind of take it with a grain of salt and move on because how would I live my life if every single negative comment about anything, if I took all that to heart? Yeah. But again, I have an amazing life and, you know, amazing friends and family. So this is not something that happens a lot. And I don't feel this like constant thing that people think, but it does happen from time to time. And I'm just like, well, that was negative. Okay, let's move on. I hope that you continue to carry that grace as you move forward in pursuing speaking and writing and sharing. The people who step out and say the brave things and share, they're the ones who have to give out the grace because when you step out, you normally will feel, not to say this from my own experience, but the more I'm speaking with people who, you know, have taken really brave steps, they often face so much resistance. So I hope that that just continues to just like manifest in your life. As I have texted you and I I mean with my whole heart that I'm really grateful to know your story and to know you right now in your life, because I feel like I am going to be able to watch and see what what God does in your life. That's something that I love to do. Like I absolutely love it when I 
feel like there's someone like a friend in an early season, like they just put out an EP or they just started a blog or they just started whatever. I feel like God has given me such a heart for people who are just starting out. I want to be around them because I love the energy that they bring, the ideas that they have. I can see you taking this really far and like out of your obedience and your confidence, you're going to like almost like hand that out to people that like you can be confident no matter what your story is, no matter what background you've come from. And I know that's because you've had to walk through adversity and overcoming, but I'm just grateful for a ringside seat to your story, Lexi. Thank you so much. That Oh, that means so much to me. Oh, that was so sweet. (laughs) I mean, I'm so thankful to have people, you know, like you in my life who see the potential and like it's so evident. I I hope that people will just come under your leadership. I mean, you are a leader and off the college campus, on the college campus, what I'm seeing from your life, even from the very short time that I've known you, just amazing, like fruitfulness. You're definitely doing a wonderful job. Well, I appreciate that so, so much. And, you know, hearing things like that wants to push me to do it and to not ever be scared or to think that maybe it won't work out. Because number one, I know that I have had this desire on my heart since I was like 15, Mm -hmm. 16. And, you know, I'm finally stepping into that space now. And number two, just knowing that if my confidence in telling people about why they deserve to live this life of confidence and not being fearful. If that can help one more person to live a full and not better life, but just more full life and more bold and confident life to pursue everything that they want to do, no matter what, that is why I need to keep going. And that is why I need to share my story and get out there and do everything that I want to do because people deserve to have that confidence. And I feel like I'm so blessed to have that confidence and that to me started with my my family and God those two are the two main things. And then to have my friends throughout my life who have just lifted me up and have just been such amazing people in my life. And so those three things together, I feel like I'm just so blessed in this confidence, but not everybody has that hope or that confidence, or maybe they had it, but they lost it. And that's okay. Things happen. And, but people deserve to come back to this and realize God's got me. This life isn't so bad and everything Mm -hmm. will work out the way that it should eventually. How do you apply that in like the weekly of if you're not feeling at your A game and you're not confident, what's something that you will do to kind of build that? Or how do you start that process? Just knowing that there's a time and a place for everything and realizing that every day of your life may not be the most exciting or extravagant. Something may have happened this week. You know, you might feel sad or upset and giving yourself that time to acknowledge the feeling and go through that, but then realize, okay, there is still tomorrow to live. There's so much life to live. Let's move forward. That's not as easy saying, okay, let's forget about that thing or let's not acknowledge it. But it's just more of like, what are we doing to move forward? and realize that the things of yesterday, we can't change that. But then like, how do we go forward? Here, There is a reason to go forward. There is a reason to look forward to something. Let's get there and let's build a plan. Like yeah. if you miss your family and you're in college. Well, okay, that's really sad and call all your family, but know that at spring break, you get to go home to them. If you just really focus between now and then, you get to go home. So this is kind of like a funny story. This is like lighter note, but um, I'm sorry yeah. if you can hear fancy. I think somebody just walked in. 
She's not in my room. She's in the living room. But um, yeah, so so funny story. This is kind of off on a tangent. This was last semester. And basically the way it works in sororities is that we have homecoming partners. We don't have a quote like brother fraternity. There's no like pairings. But every year the sororities get asked by different fraternities to be their partner. And that basically means that we would partner with a different uh, fraternity, that we would build the homecoming float together. We would be in the homecoming parade together. And then we have this kind of like dance competition thing called So Sing. And so we would like dance with them. And so it's like a whole partnership for the entire week. We have what's called like homecoming proposals. This was that night. I had just gone out of the car to go to chapter. And I don't know how many people are out there, but it was probably like 100, 150 fraternity guys standing in our front yard waiting to go up into our chapter room group by group to ask us to be their homecoming dates. I wore these pairs. so fun. It's yeah, they do like a little performance and it's like they sing a song and like they put Delta Gamma in it. It's really cool. But anyways, okay, so there's like a hundred, maybe seventy-five, I don't know. There's there's a lot of guys <laughs> in our front yard. So I get out of the car. I wore these shoes and I, I should know better than I've worn to have worn these shoes. I hadn't worn them in a long time. They were taller than my heels that I normally wear, but they looked really good with my dress that night. So I was like, I'm gonna wear them. I'm like, who cares? I was walking and Fancy decided that she, she needed a potty because the grass was right there. And normally I do let her potty before we walk inside for chapter, but she just got a little excited. So the combination of her getting excited, moving a little too quick, me being in the heels that I don't normally wear, I felt like I busted my butt. Oh my gosh. I fell and I was completely fine. You just hear this collective group of like 75 guys be like, ooh. I was like, oh, like this could be the most embarrassing. I have a point to the story, I promise. And I was like, this could be the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me ever. But then I like in that split second, I was like, I got back up so fast. Like, I don't even think I had been on the ground for like five seconds. I got up, she peed, we walked inside and I was like, okay, like that could have been really bad. I was like, okay, uh, now I'm going to look at it and I'm be like, that's fine. So I was like, did you see me fall? I don't know. Did I just fall? Did you see it? I don't know if you did. So I just came inside and I told our president at the time, I was like, yeah, your boyfriend and like all of your, the, the fraternity guys are like, they just watch me fall. And of course everybody freaks out because they, they know that I can't see. So they're like, oh my, this, girl, this blind girl just fell. Like, what do we do? And I was completely fine. Like there was no reason for anybody to be like concerned. I just oh flipped God. like it was good. But I was just like, you know what? Did I just fall? I don't know. Like, did I just hit the ground? Did you see it? I don't know. Everything will not always be perfect. But in that moment, you've just got to decide like life is too short to die of embarrassment or to just be wrapped up in this mistake or wrapped up in this bad test grade or whatever just laugh it off and move on and literally like I think about that now and I just laugh at it because I'm like that could have been so embarrassing for me like I could have died of embarrassment that all that night that I was just thinking about I was like yeah remember the time I fell in front of all of them yeah me too thank god we wore spanks like thank god you know all these different things (laughs) I love that that's awesome no that's true because sometimes I I struggle with embarrassment so much and what's bad about my embarrassment I've been writing a lot about this so I know exactly what you're talking about I remember it and then sometimes when an embarrassing moment happens I will remember a collection of embarrassing moments that I've had and I don't know why that triggers it but I'm learning that you know sometimes you just have these grooves in your brain you have to let almost like a river goes into like a drainage basin you just have to let those embarrassing moments just fly through and not hold on to them so much and also just learn to laugh at yourself as well. I love to laugh and I laugh at dumb stuff all the time. Call them like my blind girl moments. Like I will do some embarrassing things that most people would find embarrassing just because I didn't see it. But I'm like, if I live my life like being embarrassed about little things that I do sometimes because I'm not seeing things, 
that's completely fine. Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't have the time to, like, live in embarrassment. So I don't. I just yeah. love how dumb that was and, like, move on. And, you know, it's not that I, like, tell you that I feel one way, but then, you know, on the inside or, like, you know, late at night, I'm, like, you know, upset about it. Like, no. Like, I'm just, like, remember that funny time that I did that? Like, yeah, me too. Life's too short. And, like, I don't want to be sad. I'm going to live my life in that state of worrisome or embarrassment. So I don't. And, like, that's just kind of how I keep going. Hey friends, I wanted to jump in here real quick to tell you about something exciting. You all love the music that you hear every single week to go along with every episode of Still With You. This is from my friend Lily Garay. She is an artist that I have been loving all of her music and she is so generous to share it with us. You can find more ways to connect with her by going to lilygaray.com. The song that we play every week is lifted from her album. It's all beautiful right here. And one of the things that I love about Lily is that she is continually creating new music for us to listen to. This weekend, her single Fake Hearts is coming out and I want you all to pre-save it on your Spotify so you will not miss a beat. You can do this by going to the show notes at coleybrowning.com to save fake hearts or you can always follow Lily on social media at Lily Garay. Her link to save fake hearts is in the bio. Pre-saving on sites like Apple Music and Spotify helps more than you know in helping artists get their music to where it needs to be. The more people who can hear inspiring and encouraging music that points them to Jesus, the better. Her song, Fake Hearts, drops this weekend. I am so excited. I play her music on repeat and I want you to be a part of it. You can find this link in the show notes at coleybrowning.com or you can also go follow Lily Garay, lilygaray.com. Again, Fake Hearts drops this weekend, March 24th. What do you do for fun? What are some things that you and your friends love to do? For myself personally, I like to work out a lot and I'm a huge Peloton fan. I've always loved that. Whenever I'm at school, I love all the sports. My dad was a football coach growing up. We were always super into baseball. So I love going to baseball and football games. I can't see what's going on, but I know the games well enough to understand what like the announcer saying. And even with baseball, like I've gone to the point where the sound of the bat, I can pretty much tell either what was called or where they hit it or how it wasn't hit. Well, that's the sound of summer. summer. I'm a huge baseball fan myself as well. What, who's your team? Are you Rangers? Yeah, the Rangers, like Texas Rangers. Yeah. You know, of course here we're ranked number three right now for Texas Tech. That's super fun. We had our opening weekend last weekend, which at school, it's typically um, going and hanging out with friends at different sporting events and stuff. When we're not doing that, we're just together. Um, my families, we love watching a lot of movies. And so we are huge movie quoters. And so we have all these inside jokes with my family. Sometimes I'll quote a movie to like one of my friends and they're like, what? I'm like, oh, you don't you don't get it because you don't know the movie. I love to cook a lot. I love to do that. Mm-hmm. I meal prep. And so I love to like find new recipes every week and like try them out and I will tell you, I am not a Peloton. I'm not a fellow of the Pelo, but I am a huge <laughs> cycle nut. Like I love to go to the gym and just jump on the bike. Something about that. It's it's lovely. Yeah. I've actually never taken one of the Peloton cycling classes. Um, I started Peloton over Christmas break. So at the very beginning of December, my gym that I went to at home didn't really have a good bike for it. The beginning of my semester has just been so crazy that I've been working out at home. And so we don't have one of the good bikes for that at my apartment. 
apartment gym, but there's one at the rec. And I literally just haven't gone because mm-hmm. I've been so busy. But I'm also just so hooked on the running that like, I just love it so much that I need to like remind myself to vary my workouts and like change it up. I ran a 5k in high school and I would love to get back to that. There's one that's in my hometown every year in May. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that like, obviously keeping up my running and keeping up my stretching and everything, I'll probably run that. I used to dance. And so I miss my flexibility that I used to have with that a lot. So I'm trying to get that back for no reason other than I just miss dance and like being that flexible. So it's been another goal of mine. You know, people who are flexible, they rebound really quickly in case of injuries. And I feel like just have better posture healthier. So yeah. I totally understand that. I had a friend in high school and elementary, junior high, basically a childhood friend um, who was in dance. And even though I didn't attend dance class, you know, I was more of a softball girl. She taught me all of the stretches and I use that for the rest of my life. I still do that. It's funny because like dance stretching is so much different than like maybe normal athletic stretching. And so I will just shamelessly be in my corner of the gym, like doing my stretches. And I'm sure people are like, what is this girl doing? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, is she really over there doing that? But kind of get in my corner and put my AirPods on and just kind of go. Cause like, I mean, I enjoy it and makes me get back to like thinking about being in dance class and stuff. So I love it. But you said that you, you played softball in high school. Yes, I played softball and baseball and I played basketball for just a little while, but I could not remember any of the plays and it stressed me out to know. So I, I, I quit doing that, but I still love to go shoot hoops and just play knockout or play a pickup game. I, I do enjoy that still. Yeah, no, it's so fun. Actually, one of my um, best friends, she played softball in high school. So I was always up there watching her and then she played college softball too. So that's always been something that I kind of follow. And, um, you know, for me, visually, I obviously have never played a contact sport like that, which there are some ways to do that, but I've never really been around a league like Mm -hmm. that. Whenever I was younger, my brothers would have little wiffle balls and plastic bats in the backyard, regardless of how old we were, you know, not just like us being little like toddlers, you know, we had, we always had this stuff. And so I would go out into the backyard and I had so much, I always have so much fun trying to hit balls and stuff. And of course they have to be very close to me and slowly throw it, but I love to try Like, it's just fun to try. And I, they always say like, you look like a little kid if you ever make contact with it. Cause you get so excited. And I'm like, yeah, it's exciting. Cause I literally like, I never know if I'm actually going to hit it or not, but of course I try. It's always fun to just like try to do little dumb things like that, or I'll get like a tennis ball and sometimes I'll just be bored. And so I'll have a friend play catch with me. And it's so simple, like there's nothing special about it. But for me, it's like such a big deal to like practice trying to like catch things. That is like the heart of a true athlete, though. If you are continually trying to become better, I don't want to say like achiever because that sounds like very tacky, but let's do it. Like let's always look for ways to improve that progress over perfection. I mean, I'm constantly consuming things like I am constantly just because my journalism background, you're like, I'm constantly always watching the news. My friends make fun of me because I have all these like news apps on my phone. I'm always getting alerts and they're like, who is it now? Like what's going on? They know that I'm going to know things that are going on. So it's like things like that. You know, I'm always very into health and fitness. And so I'll listen to podcasts about that. Like the other day, I listened to one from Jordan Lee Dooley and she was talking about how your diet impacts your mental health. And so like, I found that super interesting. So yeah, like I'm always trying to consume things that are just super interesting and fun and help me learn and just kind of grow me as a person. Something that I had heard you talk about that I am absolutely loving and granted, I'm only on episode one, but it was still a stellar episode is Shine On with Reese Witherspoon. I'm a huge fan of Reese and all that she does. I did not realize that she had that show on Netflix where she was interviewing different women from many different walks of life. Yes. Oh my goodness. 
I'm so excited that you put me onto that. I love, I love shows like that where they are just sitting down with people, you know, hearing like how they started off. Thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. And, um, I just kind of, I don't even remember if I saw it off of one of her social medias or if I just found it. I think it was, she'd posted something about it. And so I, I'm a huge fan of hers. And so I have always, I keep up with like everything she does. I found it and I was just like, wow, like it is so amazing and inspiring to see all these different women and so many different aspects of life and different businesses. Somebody that I'm like a huge fan of now because I saw her on there was like Sarah Blakely. She's the inventor of Spanx. And you think like, yeah, that's been around forever. No, but like, you know, that's that's so new. And it, she literally cut the legs out of pantyhose and like it worked. But, you know, like it took her to like think of that. And like she's a crazy, you know, awesome entrepreneur. And she's such a positive person, too. And so I watched her episode. Crazy to see how these things turned out. Watch somebody like Casey Musgraves. And too often of times, you know, we see these people and we're like, wow, like that is the Reese Witherspoon, the Casey Musgraves, the whoever. But at the end of the day, even if they were born with parents that were in that line of work and they were just kind of handed it to them. They even had a first day. Everybody had a first day doing something or if they didn't, if they were from a small town and they work crazy situations to be where they are, everybody has a first day. And I think it's so important to acknowledge that and acknowledge their hard work, but also remind yourself that you have your first day too and just to give yourself grace. So yeah, I love that show so much. I love stories like that. This is not on the Shine On series. I don't know if you know who Juliana Rancic is, you know, like the face of like E! News. I don't know if she still works there, but she worked there for a while. And I remember hearing when she moved to America, she learned how to speak English by watching TV. And she she would share these details that you would not think of. Like, you know, with her size, she had to like tailor her pants. One leg was like longer than the other. She is always so fashionably dressed in like the face of E! News and doing all of these amazing things, interviewing the celebrities. Mm-hmm. She like tailored her pants. She couldn't get them to fit correctly, like the department store. And, you know, and she learned English by watching television. What? You know, amazing. So like never despise like the small beginnings, yeah. which can be said like exactly with what you're doing. Like right now you're just a student at Texas Tech, but God's yeah. going to use that. I just pray that confidence never leaves you. And I'm just so thankful to say like I knew Lexi Rendon win. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool to see and just see how amazing people are and the things that people can overcome and how if you really, really put your mind and your heart to something, how amazing things can be. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times people say, I never expected in a million years that I would yeah. be here doing blank. Yeah. But here I am. It goes back to number one, somebody's heart for something and their determination and God's willingness for them to do that. And yes, there are parts of this world that aren't perfect and there are things that are bad and scary. But when you really look around, like there is just so much positivity and so many things to be amazed by, as cheesy as that sounds. And it's it's so incredible to just like if you really look up and pay attention and watch, like there's so much good to be found. Thank you for allowing us to see that. You know, I think you're someone who is reminding us that we need to see that. We need to remember that when it feels like there is little to no hope, check again. And when you still feel like I'm like, check Check again. again. And so thank you so much for doing that. I can't imagine all of the people that you've impacted already. Is there anything else that you want to share before I ask you the final question for the podcast? And please feel feel free to share anything. I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed speaking with you. Oh, well, thank you. No, this has been so fun. And I've just, I've enjoyed this. And now I'm like, oh, like we're done with this episode and you don't live anywhere near here. So it's not like we could ever like hang out, but I would love to like, yeah, get to know and like be friends and everything. 
Well, just know you're welcome on here anytime. And if I am ever in Texas, which I haven't been to Texas since I was like a little girl, uh-huh. I would love, I definitely, I would love to look you up. And I'm still trying to get in touch with meeting with Katie. So it, maybe if we are all three of our paths run across, that would be so much fun. I would love that. Oh, that would be so fun. The name of the podcast is Still With You. And this comes from Psalms 139, 18. And it just talks about, you know, when we wake up, God is still with us. And the question I'm going to ask you can be taken so many different ways, but just answer from your gut or your heart. So I want to ask you, um, where is God still with you, Lexi? I think that the one thing that has always been super constant in my life is my happy personality and my positivity. And I feel like he's still with me in that, you know, I can deal with things that are just so like discouraging, but I am just still so positive and happy about it. Not that every single day I don't have bad days or I don't get in bad moods. Not that I am perfect because that is not what I'm saying. But, you know, Mm -hmm. overall, I'm like, okay, this isn't worth getting upset over. So let's not get upset over it. You know, like I just, I think he's still with me in my positivity because I've never lost that. And people that know me super well know how positive and happy of a person that I am. And that is not fake. That is not me putting on this like fake front. It is me genuinely feeling that way and just feeling positive and happy and wanting the good things for everyone and saying the best in life. I think that that's what pushes me and that's where he's still with me. If I didn't have that and I would just got discouraged a lot, like I don't know where I'd be. That is such a gift. And I can definitely see that God is still with you in that, you know, and I feel like he's just going to continue working through you in that. I mean, you're 21 years old. And so you've already done so much. And there's, I'm just so excited, like I said, to see what else God's going to do in your life. Oh, I appreciate that so much. As I mentioned, you are welcome to this microphone anytime. And um, I'm just so grateful for you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It meant so much to me when Katie texted me and she was like, hey, I have this friend who wants to talk to you. And I was like, what? Really? Like, that's so cool. So no, thank you so much. Oh yeah, I texted her and I said, hey, can I steal one of your <laughs> podcast guests? Like I I felt like I had to ask permission. Holy, you do not have to ask permission. Yeah. So yes, I'm grateful. Well, thank you. I no, I was just, I texted her and she texted me. She's like, guess what? And I was like, what? And so she told me, I was like, what? Really? No, and it's been fun to getting to know you and everything. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. A couple of things I want you to note in following up with this episode. Number one, if you have not followed Lexi on social media or fancy, yes, she has her own Instagram page. Please go do so now. You can find those in the show notes of this episode. I want you guys to go see a picture of fancy. She is one of the cutest dogs. And as we know, she is very smart. So please go follow Lexi and Miss Fancy May. Second, there is a link in the show notes for you to directly contact Lexi. One of the things that Lexi is excited about is for you to be able to invite her to come speak at your small group, your school, any event in which you might be hosting. She would love to share her inspiring story and encourage you to live your most confident life. For all inquiries and ways to contact her, you can find this information at my website, coleybrowning.com. I cannot encourage this enough. She is amazing on the mic, off the mic. She's uniquely the real deal. And I'm so excited that she is willing to come and share with a group of any size. Again, you can find all of this information in the show notes of this episode, Coley Brown 
Browning.com. And please always use that as a channel for ways to connect with me. You are always free to reach me through social media as well. My handle is Coley Browning. That's K-O-H-L-I-E-M Browning, like the rifle. I would love to get to know you and encourage you in any way that I can. If you have not yet subscribed or followed Still With You on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you stream your podcast, do so now. You will not want to miss an episode because next week we are talking to one of my new friends, Jordan Chase. He was on season 17 of The Voice and he is an incredible artist and I cannot wait to share more of his life story and music. Every day I continue to pray and think about all of my friends and family. Please know that you are not alone, that God is here with you. He loves you. He cares for you. Cast all your cares on him. He's not going anywhere. Please be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you. Oh,